So worship is to honor God. Do you agree with me? Worship is to honor God. Listen to what it says in verse 9. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase so that your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Now, when he says new wine, what's he talking about? A Cabernet Sauvignon. Eh? Now, he's not talking about a Cabernet Sauvignon. He's talking about a fresh spirit. God will come and bring more of his spirit in and on your life. So when I read that, I say, I read it, honor the Lord with your possessions, the first fruit of your increase, so your barns will be filled with plenty. I'll have enough. And your vats will overflow with new wine. Then my spirit will know his spirit, and there will be something of the anointing of God that comes out of my mouth when I talk, when I sit next to a, a, a fire, and I start sharing about, or just, just, just fellowshipping. There will be something of the presence of God come out. New wine will flow from me. Who would like that? Amen? Who would like that? Okay. So this morning, I'm going to put a little thing on the board. And I'm going to do that. Uh, please, I hope you took your allergics this morning because I know some people get allergic reactions when we talk about worshiping God with our finances. People get an allergic reaction. Everybody wants to go to music, clap their hands. Woo! Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Worshiping God with your finances. It's your money, how to give. Go to the first part, please. It starts yet. This is how it starts with this. This is all your giving, all your worship towards the Lord starts with tithing. Now, some people battle with their math. They battle with their math. So honor the Lord with your first fruits. Honor the Lord with your possessions. It's supposed to be the first part in your budget. Your in, that's the first thing that has to go right on top. It can't be the last thing how much I've got left because then there's no honor. Would you like that if somebody would go through their whole diary, their whole telephone book, and if no one else has got an event or no one else has got a party on or no one else has sent an invitation, they phone you. So what are you doing this weekend? <laughs> no, you know, so I, I didn't have anything else to do, so I phoned you. It's like... Have a nice day. Phone me first. I didn't have anything else. Is that a position of honor? It's not a position of honor. It's like, I've got no one else to care with me. I'm going to phone you. You're not the first person I'm going to phone to care with. That's the position of honor. Imagine you got that idea with your missus. You first check who wants to go cycle, who wants to go fishing, um, who wants to go to CrossFit, who wants to go, I don't know, to the ocean, sea, and then you're like, I've got nothing else to do. So you phone your missus, oh, babes, I've got nothing else to do this afternoon. Would you want to go for a cup of coffee? <laughs> How's the missus going to take that? Not, see, the women are giving me the look already. First. It has to be the first thing. Tithing is opinion. I can understand that a lot of people at this moment in time, because we come over from a certain kingdom into a new kingdom, cannot afford to give a full tithe, a full 10% of their income. So if you're earning 10,000 rand, you might be in, your living expenses might be so much so that you cannot give 1,000 rand. 
But you ought to aim towards that and work towards it, but it needs to be your first thing. Why? It's out of obedience. This is not, I feel like it, I don't feel like it. Either the Lord is your Savior, and He is your Lord, and He commands you, and you listen, or He's not. It's easy as that. Thank you. Can we get an amen? Thank you. That's iemand wat saamstem. All right. So I'm just going to talk about this because we need to hear this, church. Why? The second verse, there's benefits to that. The promise is provision and protection. You can go read Matthew 20, 23, 23, 23, or you can read in Malachi where God says, bring your tithe, don't rob me, and I will protect you, and I will open the heavens and pour out blessings on you that you cannot contain. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. Can you see there's benefits in giving? It's not something that I want from you. It's something that I want for you. Yes, our congregation needs finances to run. There's a business side to church. Did you know that? These fans take electricity. The lights take electricity. The aircons take electricity. When we have coffee, who has coffee? Everybody. Who has biscuits? Everybody. The insurance... The security, the maintenance on the lawn. Look, our building has gone from where it was to where it is. Do you like the building as it is now? Anyone, do you like the building? Does it look nice? Okay, that's what we're plowing into. We are building into that. We as a congregation, as a family, are saying we're taking ownership and responsibility for our congregation, and we want to take ownership and responsibility for our society where we live. Now, that starts on a spiritual place, and there's also a physical place. So this weekend, our woman had a... Women's worship, and they took responsibility for what was happening on our beach and broke up a Sangoma baptism. That is worship to God. Come on in, guys. Okay? Can you guys understand that? So we have to honor the Lord with our tithing. We cannot go forward as a congregation and do more stuff and reach more people. We're looking after a couple of families financially within this congregation. You and I, we are all doing. And when we tithe, and I tithe as well. The first, the first person to tithe into this church is me. Otherwise, I don't believe in my own ministry. Yeah, well, I'm not going to tithe, so I tithe. Sometimes I tithe even before I got a salary. I tithe. Because that is where it is. Okay, next one. Offerings. I spoke to a gentleman the other day. He said, we, are, we don't have to tithe anymore, and we don't have to bring offerings anymore because Jesus died, so we don't have to bring money for the remission of sins. We don't have to bring sacrifices for the remissions of sins. That is such a daft, dwarfed uh, 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 theology that the Roman Catholic Church brought in. For penance, you can pay money. All right, so you can have... A Nazi. Who knows what's a Nazi? <laughs> okay, you can have an extramarital girlfriend. As long as you bring enough money, the father will say, that's now the, 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 the priest, would say, your sins are forgiven. Put the money, give me 20 Hail Marys and 10 Our Fathers. And you are welcome to go on your way and carry on with your activities. God's forgiven you. You see, where they got it is in the Old Testament, there was a place where you had to bring a sin offering. 
Before Jesus, there was a sin offering. You had to bring a cow, a calf, a dove, whatever, kill it, burn it. It was a sin offering. Now, I don't have to tithe anymore because, no, 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 no. You're not tithing to cover your sins. Jesus covers your sins. Jesus saves you. You are tithing because you're obedient. You bring an offering out of thanksgiving. Lord, thank you for what you're doing in my life. Who's alive this morning? Just put up your hand if you're alive. Okay, no dead man walking. Can we be grateful for that? I just want to know, all of you, you slept on a bed last night. All right, and had a blanket over them, if it's not too hot. Okay, so there's a lot to be thankful for. Do you have your cup of coffee this morning? Just look to the person next to you. Just look to the person next to you, won't you? It's, I'm thankful. I'm thankful that I'm alive. You see, I'm thankful that I'm here. I'm thankful that I don't have to sit here naked. <laughs> I hope you're thankful for that. <laughs> Got some clothes on your body. It might be elementary stupid, but there are some people that don't even have clothes. So we can be thankful. So offering comes from that. There's a future surplus. That's the promise in 2 Corinthians 9, 7. Next one, please. Alms. Alms is giving out of empathy. This is what he says. If you give to the poor, you loan to God, and he will pay back every cent. The motivation behind that is you've got you feel sorry for a person. Okay? Do not not give to the poor. All right? But to me, that's the worst investment. It's a one-to-one ratio. <laughs> I'll pay back every cent. But we have to have a heart for the poor. As a congregation, we look after people. When COVID was here, we fed, we gave out 20,000 meals. Did you know that this congregation gave out 20,000 meals with the supply of, from the Lord? 200 and odd thousand rand came from who knows where. Somebody from the UK contacted us. Can I give some money so you can give to people uh, money? Or can you buy dog food with it and give it to people with dogs? So we did that. We connected with some people. But I want to read you a scripture regarding that. Who, who are the people that love dogs? Just put up your hand if you love dogs. Okay, okay, okay. And you're very concerned about your dog. It's fantastic, fantastic. I just want to get this scripture. I want to read it to you. Let me just get it quickly. You're going you're gonna to enjoy it. I know you're going to enjoy it. Um, so I, I'm, I'm going to find it now. I'm gonna, maybe the Lord doesn't want me to find it because I want a joke. I want a joke. Um, <laughs> no, but let's, let's leave it there then. It doesn't want to come to me now. I can't find it. It's, and I, I read it to my wife last night. Um, I thought it was my, that one. It says, basically, it says that, um, yes, I found it. Revelations 22, verse 15. Can I read it to you? I'm going to start at verse 14. It says, Blessed are those who do, do his commandments that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city of God. But outside, listen carefully, outside the doors they cannot enter are dogs. 
<laughs> and sorcerers and sexually immoral and murderers and, and idolaters and those who love and practice a lie. There are no dogs in heaven. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> you might have cats, but no dog. I'm just joking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> That's especially for Vanita. Love you, Vanita. <laughs> okay. So, alms you give to poor people because you feel sorry for them. One day I was in Meyerton and I was ministering at this business. I had this opportunity. Ladies asked me every week to come and minister at their business, open with prayer and share a little bit from the word. And then she would give me some money. And after she got this, she came to me and she said, Wilka, I've been feeling sorry for you. That's why I gave you this money. Please will you forgive me? I want to sow into your life because I believe in you. And it impacted me. It impacted me. Okay. The next way you can give is first fruits. What is first fruits? It's very easy. I want you to see the picture of a guy planting a whole vineyard. What do you call a boort in Engels? Orchard. Orchard. A whole orchard of macadamia nuts. There's a whole orchard. The first fruits is the whole harvest. The profit of that, Lord, this is belongs to you. It's a big challenge. It's a picture. Or maybe you've got a salary, you earn 10,000 rand a month, you get an increase of 1,000 rand. So you're tithing 1,100. And then you give the whole 1,000 extra to the Lord. That's the first fruit. It's full storehouses. That's what it means by the first fruit. To honor God, to worship Him with your possessions. Remember what Proverbs said, now worship Him, honor Him with your with your possessions and with your first fruit. It's challenging. Challenging? Who feel challenged right now? Okay, we can all shake out. We feel challenged. And the last one is seed faith. This is planting and seed, saying, Lord, I trust you for this. I trust you for more. So I'm adding to my giving. I want to put this seed in the ground. You speak to any farmer, he understands that. He understands Planting more for more. You, if you plant the same, you're going to get the same. You need more ground. You, you plant more, there will be a bigger harvest. You put in a quality seed, and it will be a bigger harvest. There's five seed. There's a hundredfold return. You can go read it in Genesis 26, 12. If you want to, I can share that picture on the church's group for you. All right. Now, would you please take in your hand that which you want to honor the Lord with this morning, that which you want to worship the Lord with, would you take that in your hand? Because I'm trying to stir up some faith in you. I'm trying to call, and you know what? And, and if you can only give 10 cents, and that's everything you have to give, that's fantastic. I used to be in a place, was when I got saved, I was unemployed for five years. I didn't have a job for five years. And I would walk in the streets looking for jobs, going to shop to shop, and, and I didn't have money even to buy a newspaper. I didn't have money to buy a newspaper to look for jobs. So I had to walk from shop to shop to shop. And while I'm walking, I would look for the cents on the ground, one cents, two cents, five cents, ten cents, and I would pick that up. And I promise you, at the end of the week, I would go home and say, Lord, this is seed for the sower. I'm putting my faith in this. Please provide for me, sir. 
And I would put those throwaway scents that nobody wanted. I'd put it up in that basket because my king wants my faith. My king wants my worship. Father, we thank you so much that we can this morning sow into your kingdom. We can tithe, we can offer, we want to worship you this morning for what we have. Lord, and only you know the intent of our hearts. And this morning, Father, we, we want to come and we don't want to be fooled and we don't want to be delusioned. We want to say, Lord, we've got a pure heart in front of you. You know us. We want to give to you out of worship. We want to give to you out of obedience. We want to trust you, Lord, with our possessions. We want to worship you with that. Come, command your blessing, sir. We ask it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. You can take up your offering. Thank you so much. And I am challenged to talk about this because people can easily assume he always talks about money. <laughs> but that's not the truth. It's very important. A lot of times I tell people, you know, tithe. And if you don't want to tithe in this church, just go tithe in another church. But tithe because it opens doors for you. You bring it to the Lord, it's for you. Um, and, you know, the school that I come from for, with Living Word is that we trust the Lord to provide for the church. We trust because it's His church. We trust the Lord that He will impart into people's hearts faith to give and to sow. Um, that's why we don't have fundraisers. We're not going to bake pancakes. We're not going to do that. We're not going to have a caramus to raise money. We're going to, because I don't find it in the Bible, we're going to trust the Lord and teach people and educate people on what the Word of God says so that they might apply the Word. This is living Word. We want to live the Word. As easy as that. I enjoyed your videos, by the way. I'm glad something got you shake, shaken up. So, we want to, so this morning, we, we're going through Matthew. So there's a couple of messages in this specific part of text where Jesus talks, and it's, so in my Bible, it's red letters. So in Matthew 13, verse 47, if you would open your Bible there, or it's on the board as well, um, Matthew 13, verse 47. Jesus is speaking uh, in parables to the people, and he's talking about the kingdom of heaven. And the first thing he teaches them a little bit up, there is no treasure greater than the kingdom of God. There's no treasure. We've spoken about this last week and the week before. There's no treasure greater than the kingdom of God, and there is no beauty greater than the kingdom of God. It's the poles of heaven. And this morning, listen to what Jesus says, and this is a challenge. He says, and again, the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet that was cast into the sea and gathered some of every kind. So in just Googling dragnet and seeing what those big trawlers that they displace that net into the ocean and draw in the fish, what do they catch? Every single thing. Whether it be a crab, a shark, a baby dolphin, or a baby whale, fish, fish of all kinds, edible fish, unedible fish, fish that people like, people that don't like, it all gets dragged into that net. You see, the kingdom of God is like that dragnet. 
thrown into the world. Thrown into the world, and God draws all kinds and all sorts to him. All kinds and all sorts to him. Okay? Which when it was full, they drew to shore, they sat down and gathered the good into vessels, and but threw the bad away. So it be at the end of the age, the angels will come, separate the wicked from the just. So we have got the bad and the good, the wicked and the just, and cast them into the furnace of fire. So the bad, the wicked, will be cast into the furnace of fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. You see, can you see there's a throw that happens here, a throwing away of wicked and of bad that was inside the net, wasn't outside the net. Are you following? It was inside the net, not outside. So the net was thrown and it caught these fish. It caught these people. The gospel has reached these people and they were drawn in. But when the end comes, the angels will come and they will separate the bad, the unjust, the evil, put it one side into throw it, cast, cast it in. And the other side is they will enter heaven, the kingdom of heaven. Good morning. Don't worry. Don't worry. It's not a problem. What happens? Technology. <laughs> Who's been there? <laughs> Everybody's got that same feeling. <laughs> so therefore, and then Jesus said to them, have you understood these things? They said to him, yes, Lord. Then he said to them, therefore, every scribe instructed concerning the kingdom of heaven is like a household that brings out the old, his treasure, things new and old. So this morning, I want to show you what, I, while I was reading this over and over and over and over, the old that is there, but there's new revelation as well. It's easy. The old is very easy. The net, you hear the gospel, you get saved, you go to heaven. You hear the gospel, you turn your back on it, and you get thrown into a lake of fire that was created for Satan and his demons, the Bible says. And they will be tormented forever. And they will be wailing and crying and screaming forever. That's the old. You see, the first thing that we must understand that there are people in our church that are not saved. There are people sitting in front of me right now that think they are saved. But they're not. They're in the net. They are in this net. The gospel has been cast. They understand the gospel. They've been drawn closer. They even pray. They even read their Bibles. They come to church. They do good works. And they are not saved. They even make the right noises. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. And they are not saved. Maybe you're listening on, 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 on Potbean or on YouTube. And you understand this. But in the inside of you, in the core being of you, 
You don't know. You don't know. He says, Scripture says the following. That the Holy Spirit will testify with your spirit that you are a child of God. That there's a working, that the Holy Spirit did something on the inside of you. Now, can, I don't know if you guys can experience it, but the minute I started speaking about this, how the atmosphere changed. Can you guys, did you experience that? That's called the anointing of God. That's called the Holy Spirit coming in and saying, I want to save people and rid them of a delusion. Because the truth, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. The heart is this, the thing that's deceived above all else. Nothing is as corrupt as our own hearts, our own thinking, our own conscience. Where we think we have it. And we miss it utterly and completely. Now I don't want to be that guy. That acts and thinks that the people that I talk to. And even myself. That I'm saved. If I'm not. I don't know if who of you want to be that guy. No, no. We, we want to know that we know that we know. That we are saved. Not by our deeds. Not by coming to church. Because no church can save you. No preacher can save you. No good work can save you. You are saved only. Only by Jesus Christ. That is offensive to the world. It's offensive to the flesh. It's offensive to the intellect. It's offensive to my emotions. That only Jesus' sacrifice is sufficient for me. I'm saved only by faith. Not by my works. Not by acting right, walking right, talking right, making the right, nice, the right sounds and noises. I am saved only by faith. And I'm saved only by grace. There's nothing that I can brag on. Nothing I, can go, I can't go say there, well, you know, I did this and this and this and therefore I'm saved. You cannot. You can even petition and you can be in rebellion with, with the world. You can even fight on God's side and not be saved. Because it's not something that you can do. It's a work of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. I have, I've been serving the Lord for 24 years this year. I have preached for more than 10 years. I've made altar call after altar call after altar call. I have led thousands to the Lord or at least to the sinner's prayer. And I've seen them not change. I've seen them not change because the gospel changes. When light comes in, it displaces darkness. If you have been walking with God with any length of time and your life is not changing, I want you to see this dragnet that's pulled you in. But within that dragnet, there is still bad and evil and they are the just, the just. Now, 
let's make it a little bit lighter. Watching Titanic. Who's watched, seen Titanic, the movie? I like how they portrayed the movie. I, I'm kind of very lenient to Hollywood when it comes to true facts and all of that. But I like Titanic. And I watched it four times in the cinema. I cried every time. <laughs> you know? Jack! <laughs> I cried every time. But what, what, when I was preparing this message and reading, a scene from Titanic came to my mind when the boat has just sunk and there are thousands of people in the water and there are lots of people in the boats and the, and the people are screaming out, help us, help us. There's more space in the boat, help us. And the people in the boat say, no, we're safe. They will pull us down. And one woman, remember that Texan woman? I don't understand a lot of you, she says. Because it's their children and their husbands. And those are drowning in that ice-cold water. And they are not caring about saving them. This is the new I want to bring to you. This is the new I want to bring to you. Of those people in those, in those boats... Who were evil and bad and who was just? That one lady was just because she had a heart for the lost. She was concerned for those who are dying. She said, let's go and get some, as many as we can. Let's get these people climbing over. Who were the unjust? The ones that were delusioned. Sitting in a boat, I feel safe. I feel that I am a Christian. I feel that I'm born again, but I do not have a heart for the lost. John 3.16, everybody knows that scripture. Would you please open your Bible, John 3.16. I want you to read it with me, even though most people know it off by heart and can quote it backwards. John 3.16 says the following. I want to bring new to you this morning. I want to bring fresh to you this morning of what God is laying on my heart. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world. Okay? So God loves the sinner. God loves the guy in the water, the ice-cold water. God loves the sinner. He even loves the sinner, the unsaved person within the net. He loves sinners. He loves them from all kinds, shapes and sizes. Big earrings, small earrings, nose rings, tongue rings, tattoos, heterosexual, homosexual, transsexual. He loves them. Married, unmarried, divorced, adulterer. He loves all of all. So his net is cast out and he's drawing them in. Drunkards. He loves them. Drug abusers, he loves them. Whether they're part of the Freemasons, he loves them. He wants them saved. Listen to this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Can I put in just a little bit? To be killed, to be crucified, to be tortured to death innocently. So much he loved them. That whoever believes in Jesus should be not perish, not be cast into this lake of fire, but have 
everlasting life. If you and I are saved and the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God is inside of me, I immediately get a heart for the lost. I immediately get a heart for the lost because God so loved, he did something. He has a heart for the lost. If the kingdom of heaven enters my heart, what will happen? I will pick up on heaven's heart and I'll have a heart for the lost. Now I've got a heart for the lost, but I'm not an evangelist. I can't talk to people. I can't pray to them. Okay. All right. All right. right. This last week, God has been sharing with me, or making me think of it, and I don't want to say the Holy Spirit spoke, spoke to me, but these thoughts have come to my mind. Whether I am successful in what I'm doing, and I'm like, what will be successful? How will I measure my success? Well, you have to make disciples. Disciples to do what? To plant churches to at least run a cell group. And I had to like, and I'm running through my mind, and this is nothing on you, this is on me. Lord, who can I send to go plant the church? Who, can, who have I equipped in the last six years to go plant the church? Who have I equipped in the last six years to start up a home cell and know that they are disciples carrying the heart of God, carrying the heart of this ministry to reach the lost and not judge them, not condemn them, not consider them, and not to be ashamed of who you are, Lord. Because so many people say, I'm a Christian, but they're so ashamed just to mention the name of Jesus. They can't even finish their prayer in Jesus' name. On Friday, I went to a sports shop down here, and there's a guy that's got this thing on his eye. It's a Muslim shop. And I said to the guy, what happened to your eye? It looked like somebody belted him. So I thought, he said, no, no, I woke up one morning, and I'm like, I noticed his eye, and then I had this urge in my heart to ask him about this eye, because normally you just like page past this, I was in a brawl, and I was like, What happened? No, I woke up like that. So you just woke up with your eye like that. How long? No, it's been a couple of years. I said, can I pray for your eye? He knows where I'm coming from right there. Can I pray for your eye? He said, I wouldn't suggest that. So why not? Let me pray for your eye. Do you like your eye being like that? I want it healed. You see, it's when we're in the midst of that. Am I ashamed of Jesus or not? It's very easy when we sit here. It's very easy when we sit here. Praise Jesus, hallelujah, handai, shandai, bowtie. It's a whole different story when you go out there and you break up the Sangoma baptism on the beach. It's a whole different story. You want to see miracles? You want to see God working through your hands? Go out there. And start standing up for Jesus, start spreading the gospel, start speaking to people that there's only one way to be saved. Otherwise, we have become just like the people in the boat while the others are drowning and saying, no, they will pull us down. Then we don't have much of a salvation if we can believe that the world will dim out the light of God in my heart. You see, I want to bring the new to you of this scripture. Something fresh from this piece in Matthew. 
that we can be in this net and still not be justified. How do I get justified? 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17 and 18, 19, 20, and 21. Paul writes, I beg you, I beseech you. Now, can I quote that, those words first verbatim in the first person? I beg you, I beseech you, I beg of you, you be reconciled to God. Be reconciled to Him. Turn your heart to God. Turn your heart to God. Who made Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for me. He took my sin. Father, I'm turning my heart to you. I am full of sin. I have done this and this and this and this. God knows it in any case. You can just confess it. Just bring it to the table. Just look in the mirror and see what you've done. And some people, they've not done severe things. My wife was born good. You know? She bunked school only once and her mother knew about it. You know, that's not bunking school, you know. I bunked school, I think, 120 days in Standard 7. <laughs> and my mother did not know one until they caught me. <laughs> all right. But we've all fall short of the glory of God. Every single one of us. We turn, be reconciled, and accept the price. And then Jesus says, I will impute my justness, my righteousness to you, that we might become the righteousness of God in right standing relationship with our heavenly Father in Jesus Christ. Meaning what? I saw a very beautiful clip on uh, uh, Facebook talking about the guy that hanged on the cross next to Jesus and he came to heaven's pearly gates and the angel asked him, because it says the angel was separate, why should you come in? He said, well, you know, I'm yeah. I said, can we talk about the doctrine of salvation by faith only? No. What are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just, yeah. Can we talk about the tithing or whatever you might think or good works and he's like well I don't know what you're talking about so why should you come in and he said because the man that hung in the middle said I can Jesus says I can that's when you are in Jesus that's when his heart's in you and it flows out of you is when you can lift up in your hands and say father I know that I am imperfect. But please look at them through the hands of Jesus. And then the Father says, you are accepted into my kingdom. And when you are, you carry his heart. You carry a heart for the lost. You carry a heart for the church. You carry a heart for the word, meaning you want to read more of the Bible. You want to know what Jesus said. You, you actually carry your Bible with you. Then the heart of God, because Jesus is 
the word that became flesh. So if I have Jesus in me, I want to know what he says. I want to read it for myself. I, want, I don't want to have a second-hand relationship with my wife, nor do I want to have a second-hand relationship with the Lord. I want to be intimate with the Lord. I want to know what he says to me. I want to know what he speaks to me. I want to know what he says about me. I don't want to be delusioned being in this dragnet and I'm on the wrong side. I want to be the guy that knows that I know that the Holy Spirit is working inside of me. I want to to lay aside my intellect, what I think. I want to lay aside my experience. I want to stand on his word because that's the only thing that I can stand on. He says, my, the world will pass, but my word will last for eternity and it will not return void to him. Meaning in this sense, then when we get saved and the, that day of judgment comes, that it's only his word that will stand. What's the word you stand on? Now, I had a nice feeling one day in church. I went to the front, I prayed, and I got tingles all over my body. No, that's heresy. Because the tingles will not be stand before the throne of God. My sincere prayer will not stand before the throne of God. The word of God will stand alone. Nothing else. I am saved by Jesus alone, grace alone, faith alone. I'm at war with this world and everything it has to offer because the spirit in me is a spirit of light and what has it got to do with darkness? Nothing. But my heart is for the lost, for the sinner, for the person that's perishing, the one that's drowning in the ice cold water, seeking pleasure, seeking a way to be saved. That's where my heart is. Because I'm so good, no, 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 no. It's the heart of my father. Because I am saved. So his heart in part, he says, and I will come and dwell in you. And I send my Holy Spirit to you. And he will remind me of my, the Holy Spirit will remind you of his words. And now you can no longer just go to the pub and it's okay. And not bring up Jesus. And not speak to the person. And you can no longer go to work and they go and they start going into the horoscopes and not say a word. All you have to say is, I'm born under the bright morning star. That's all you have to say. They're going to ask, what's your star sign? The bright morning star. Have you seen them go confused, huh? What are you talking about? Which, which one is that? Well, it's the one without a curse. It's the one without a weakness. It's the one that... That gels with everybody. What? <laughs> yes, you can be born under him again as well. And then you rip off the label of a Libra or a twin or a Capricorn or whatever the rest is. Because they all belong in hell. Because I'm the born under the bright morning star. You see, another thing that's Fresh, but it's not always so fresh, is this part in this text that says, and I know I'm preaching long, and I know that's part of today's message, so please bear with me. The angels will come forth and separate the wicked from among the just and cast them into the furnace of fire, 
And there will be a wailing and a gnashing of teeth. In Matthew, it's mentioned twice. In Luke once, Revelation is filled with it. Sorry, Matthew three times. That there will be a crying and a gnashing of teeth. People, people will be biting on their teeth. Some will do it out of pain and some will do it out of anger. Because they're going to say, did you dare to throw me in hell, God? And they'll still remain in that same spirit, defiant to God. Because they don't want to submit to his word and they think they are superior. We are not playing with a Mickey Mouse God. This is the God of eternity. The God that created heavens and earth. The Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end. We are speaking about the Savior, the Redeemer and the Healer. He who spoke nothing, out of nothing, everything into existence. The sky, the air, the atoms, all of it. He himself just spoke it and it was there. We are not playing with a Mickey Mouse God. And the world out there, the spirit out there is defiant to God. You don't see me when I lie. You don't see me when I cheat. You don't see me. Is God's eyes closed and his ears deaf and his arms shortened that he cannot see and hear and do? No, he is alive. He is almighty, all-powerful. He's omniscient, omnipresent omnipowerful. All right? This is the God that will not allow unrighteousness, sin to come into his presence. So much so when the sin of the world was put on his beloved son, he looked away. He looked away. And all the things that was done to Jesus, of all the things, we don't serve a sissified Jesus. We serve a mighty Jesus. Just think how much that wood weighed. Just think how far he had to carry it. After he's been beaten to a pulp. It's not a sissified Jesus. It's a powerful Jesus that we serve. He didn't cry once. When they beat him, the Bible doesn't say he cried out in pain. When they put the thorns in his head, the Bible doesn't say he cried out in pain. When they put the nails in his wrists and in his feet, the Bible doesn't say he cried out in pain. When they put the vinegar in his mouth over the broken lips and blood and mouth, he didn't cry out in pain. But when his father looked away, and the sin of the world was him, he cried out, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. My father, my father, why have you forsaken me? That's when he cried out. Because separation from God will be the worst thing that you and I can ever experience. It's the worst thing that you can ever experience. Because a strong Jesus cried out then, there will be a crying in hell. Some out of rebellion. How dare you put me here. And the rest out of the pain and the burning and their sores not healing. The Bible is very explicit on the pain that will be in hell. Therefore, no flesh is your enemy. Because I don't believe that any person... Is that cruel in their hearts? That they want to see another person go through that for eternity. 
eternity, non-stop. It can only be the blinding of the enemy on the people on this earth. They would not worry about that. So when I see what's happening in the LGBTQ arguments and the trans world, my heart goes out because they don't even deserve, they are already hurting. Their enemy is already plowing into their being, destroying what God has made. When I see the guy drunk in the street, lying on the ground, lying in his own vomit, my heart goes out. When I see the prostitute standing on the corner, when I see the drug addict living from fix to fix, I know that the enemy is already tormenting him. I want them saved. Jesus wants them saved. There is a real hell. There is a real hell. And I need, as we as children of God, need to permeate into this world and start saying that Jesus is the only Lord. And I can no longer say to somebody, happy this celebration, or I hope you have a blessed that celebration, when it's not about Jesus. Because I am then underwriting their sentence to hell rather than confronting them, engaging them, inspiring them, showing them the heart of Jesus. And if they want to reject me, then they must reject me. They don't reject you, they reject him. But he reaches out. God uses you and I. You and I are his hands and feet that reach out. I'll start being an example wherever I go, wherever I walk, that, that people can see the light of God in me, that there's something different about you. Or, just like Titanic, sit in the boat and let them drown and send them to a real hell. God wants to use you and I. Let's close our eyes and we pray. Father, thank you for your word this morning. Maybe a little bit stern for all of us, Lord. And sometimes we just need a bit of a wake-up call. But you are the master, Lord. We are not. We are just your subjects. Lord, your 12 disciples that you trained up, different personalities, different character traits, different temperaments, but all of them led people to the Lord. They led because they knew that you were alive. They knew that you, that you were risen. Lord, and they followed what they believed they saw into death, where they were tormented and flayed and decapitated and crucified upside down and boiled alive. But their heart was for the lost. They wanted to see the lost saved. Lord, this morning we sit here and we don't want to be delusioned whether we are saved or not we want to know that we know in our heart of hearts holy spirit that you have done a work and we are born again we can be called children of god lord as we sit every head bowed every pair of eyes closed
Father, would you speak to each one this morning? Where they are. Would you confirm within them? Or would you come and either relight that fire and give to us back our first love? That we're so on fire with you that we can't keep it ourselves. Oh Lord, maybe some of us have never, never experienced your Holy Spirit regenerating our spirit man. Your word says in Romans 10, verse 9 and 10, that if we confess with our mouth and believe with our heart, not with our mind, but believe with our heart that Jesus is Lord, that he died and that you father rose him from the dead and made him alive again we will be saved your spirit will enter into us please pray after me if you want to and if this morning it is your belief if the holy spirit is tucking at your heart this morning pray with me if not don't because I don't want you to have a false sense of security. I pray to pray. No. This morning, if you believe in your heart with everything that you have, that Jesus is Lord, would you pray with me? Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you are Lord, that you died and rose again the father made you alive that you paid the price for my sin I accept that now I receive you as king into my heart I receive you as my master into my heart thank you that your word says, when I say this and believe this, I will be saved. Thank you for saving me right now. Thank you for writing my name in your book of life. I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Just keep your eyes closed. If you felt the Lord move in your heart this morning, would you just look at me? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Father, we thank you. Holy Spirit, would you be the one that keeps on working in our hearts as we go out this door this morning? 